He's putting the fancy back in pants. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show. Our auto expert is on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Automatic Andy's here. I almost forgot to clap. You did? I almost forgot the main part of my role here. Oh. You're clapping just here monkey. for the clapping? Yeah, I'm here. Clapping monkey. I'm a clapping monkey. And a guy who doesn't know how to drive a car with two brakes. It's, it, it perplexes me why we need two. Why, I, I'm, I sometimes question myself on why I have somebody who doesn't know how to drive a manual. It just, I can't, it's too hard to have a concert <laughs> and try to remember, like, I feel like if, it, like, the transmission would just be on the floor because yeah. it, when you because you have to do something when you break right it, the, the joy of driving a manual by the way is far greater than driving an automatic i keep hearing that but i don't know if that's if that's really the case i i have a i have a rebuttal i just what's I, your what's your twitter handle um I, i'm i'm tiny who are you i am or uh, no i have the no i have o o a e auto andy o a e andy mm-hmm um, just, just to have a conversation with OAE Andy. I just, so like what, I have a question, a quick one. Yeah. So let's say you're in fifth, right? You're yeah. getting it and you need to, you got a break. Like there's a, there's a squirrel in the road. Yeah. Do you, do you drop it all the way down to first? No, you just put your foot in the clutch and the brake at the same time. For what? Do you have to go to the fourth? <laughs> no, you would, you would, depends on how slow you end up going. If you come to a complete stop, then you'd put it into first. If you don't come to a complete stop, then you would, you know, go to third, uh, depending on how fast you're going. And nowadays with the modern cars, there's a little thing on the dash that tells you what gear you should be in. I just, the whole situation is perplexing. So You know, when I learned to drive, we had reins and a whip. No, when I learned to drive. <laughs> there's wagon wheels. <laughs> when I learned to drive, uh, you didn't have a choice. You learned to drive a manual. That was it. I don't so so I am right. It is two brakes. When you brake, you got to you got to you got to use both feet like you're a kindergartner it's trying to get off the waste, toilet. It's a waste of time having you on the show and talking to you about it, isn't it? No, I want to know now. We have to reset every time and go back to the beginning. I just it's going from like 6 to first. I just don't know. Yeah, sometimes, but you don't always shift down and up through every gear. Sometimes you go from from fourth to second. Nick, it took me 15 minutes to not reverse a Cadillac because I thought the it was in the wrong area. You just area. had to move it like four feet down the driveway. That was I couldn't. <laughs> I almost had a full adult meltdown. I was starting to sweat. Tears were tears uh, were in the you, bank, man. See, the problem is you introduce all these things. A full adult. I I have a problem with you being adult in the first place. <laughs> I know that whole sentence doesn't. A <laughs> full adult meltdown doesn't even get halfway close to problems that we're having no no and, and and you know and that was that one was that one was simple so you get me on the freeway going 50 and we're, we're losing a clutch we need to put cameras in the studio full time because i played andy a promo that mike and i did for tv this week yeah. and his face was like a child it was so amazing and we played the promo. He'd seen Mike and I do TV multiple times. 
not impressive. Yeah. You know, just seeing us on TV. But at the end, um, up came this slate and it said, catch us tomorrow between 9 and 10 on New York Living, WPIX New York. And he was like, <gasps> wow, it's like a whole TV thing with a WPIX New York logo and the city and wow. Yeah, it was huge, man. New York's a big deal. It's not like, you know, cornhole Wichita. <laughs> like it's it's New York, you know what I mean? Like stuff's going on. Like there's 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 a lot. Wichita is important, by the way. There's a lot of people in Wichita that listen to us that right. don't downplay Wichita. No, no, no. Wichita, it has the finest of corn and starches. <laughs> but in New York, it's about that city living, baby. You know what I mean? It's numero uno it is. across the board. So uh-huh. my boy Nick and Mike are all up in New York. That made me so happy. I wanted to tackle you. It does make me a little tingly in the digits, yeah. I will tell you. I would. I'd, yeah, absolutely. And the fingertips are a little But zappy. it was just... Like your face was a million dollars. Like I said, can I just play you a little promo? And you were like, oh, here we go. I have to sit through this. <laughs> I have to watch 15 seconds of something I'll never get back into my life box of time. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, when will it be over? I can see it all on your face. I'm I'm not really watching the screen. I'm watching your face. And then at the end for that last five seconds, it's like Christmas. I just told you we're going to have a second Christmas this year. And it's like, <gasps> What just happened? It was amazing. I love seeing. I love seeing my boy win. Yeah, yeah. I, it was really nice. I was. It was fun just looking at your face. It was fun. That's about the most fun you got out the whole day. It was, it was great. Fun. That's all I needed, man. That was slick. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. You're going to see it on TV stations all over Nation. I hope so. Mike knows that when I actually link up with him, that he's getting a big, sloppy, sweaty big guy hug. Well, you can talk to him because he's coming up in the next break. Good. He's probably listening now. Mike? He's probably telling his wife and kids, uh, don't let Andy anywhere near the house. Yeah, I need a restraining order. <laughs> he's probably just ordered a fence and making it extra high. I guarantee when I meet him, he's going to have his hand outstended. Or extend, outstended? Extended as far as possible. Like, oh, don't, like, that's it. That's all you get. With, like, with yeah, a flat. Here, yeah, yeah. Pushing it out flat so yeah. you can't get near him. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I know how to maneuver around that. Has he seen how big you are? <laughs> I'm quick for five feet, Mike. Yeah, you are. Uh, I've got videos of you running down the hall at the radio station. Like <laughs> <laughs> you still have those? No. Yeah. Time to burn uh, some hard they're drives. The funniest things ever. Uh, it's going to be a good show, I think, today. Uh, we got people on who know way more than we do. And I'm, I mean, most people do, but they are very artistic. Um, the guy who designed Lincoln Concepts, the star concept, is something that they revealed uh, quite a bit of over time, but it was on the concept lawn at Pebble Beach uh, recently. And I have to say is uh, the funny part about it is I like to extract things from what car companies do and point out things that they didn't know. Mm. Uh, well, they do know, but like show them in a different way. So the star concept is some ideas of what an SUV, electric SUV, would look like in the future. And Lincoln's whole approach to SUVs of the future is they wanted to give you a calm space on the inside. And one of the things they have done is given you a place to put your electronics so they don't annoy you and get into the way. And they've used electronics in the car to keep your electronics away from you. Oh, double entendre. Yeah, so, mm. you know, electronics are used to keep electronics away from you. Mm. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. That is kind of weird. Yeah, so we're going to uh, talk to Kamal about uh, his 
design of the star concept and also some design work he's been doing at Lincoln. Very interesting. Uh, Tyson Jomini is the guy who crunches all the numbers. He has one of those uh, old calculators with the big handle oh, on the tick, side. Tick, 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 yeah. Tick, tick. yeah, that one. Ow, that hurt my ears. He has one of those that does uh, all the adding and subtracting of how sales numbers are doing around the U.S. And he's going to tell us what Americans have been up to with their monies and their car buyings. It's probably not a great picture, so you probably want to prepare yourself, put a towel down, sit on it, be sad, ready with a box of tissues. Yeah. Although I've been trying to sell a car and I priced it at the same price that the dealers are selling it for. Not a single person has come to see it. I'm not really trying to sell it. I'm just sitting there because I don't need it. But I'll need to sell it soon because I have another car coming up at the end of the year that's on order and it's ready to go at the end of the year. So I'll start to reduce the price just to get rid of it. But right now I'm selling at the same price the dealers are selling it for. Well, you should be able to get that because all the cars that I looked at, you know, have thousands of miles and you have 10. I have 1,000 miles. Yeah. I probably have 1,500 by the time because my sister's coming to town from England for my mom's 80th and they'll end up uh, driving it. So um, i got a great news story coming up. A police force in Arkansas have been banned from writing tickets for speeding because under state law, they've written too many. Oh. Yeah. You're not allowed to make more than 50% of your income from speeding tickets in Arkansas, and they have made nearly 100%. So the uh, court has said, no more speeding tickets. You're done. One person got 721 tickets from this force within two years. 721 tickets within two years. I'm going to tell you, I'd have moved by now yeah, dude. <laughs> if I lived in the, in the same city. Buy it, buy it. Yeah, that's uh, pretty gross. And I'm telling you, that police force probably should have had this happen a long time ago. Uh, we're also going to talk to Anton Warman. He has got some really interesting things to say about what's going on in Tesla. Uh, I think Elon is in some really big trouble, really big trouble, because a judge is really mad at him right now. He's refused point blank to hand over papers in his court case against Twitter. Refused. And the judge is ticked off about it. Uh-oh. Um, it could be some serious jail time for him if he continues to upset this judge. So I'm telling you, uh, it's going to be bad news for Elon unless he gets himself sorted out. Uh, you better start pulling as much as he can from the ATM every day and <laughs> squirrel that away. You're knowing that he owes $44 billion and the ATM gives you probably, what, a maximum of uh, mine's $300 a day. I don't yeah, know what yours sometimes is. Sometimes you can do five. So is, is, he needs to start pulling out $300 a day now. <laughs> every day. Someone work this out, please. Three hundred dollars a day. How many years it would take to get forty-four billion? Oh man! I think he might be dead. I'm just—that's just—that's high school math in my head. I'm just telling you, Andy. You're not ever going to be my accountant. I'm just going to tell you that now. I know it might be a shock to you, but don't ever expect to be doing my books. I'm rounding everything up. Yeah. Clearly, I'd be in jail too if you were my accountant. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot on the show uh, coming up. So I would just tell you, probably want to keep it here. And oh, I'm also tell you, I uh, got the opportunity to see the new uh, GR Corolla. It's a three-cylinder engine, a three-cylinder engine, 300 horsepower. What? Yeah. The Geo Metro only made 67 in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to previous episodes of the show at ourautoexpert.com. 
catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily, ourautoexpert.com. So, Mike, you had one of my favorite cars in the world. I sometimes wonder who is the bigger car fan. Is it you or your son? (laughs) Oh, what a great question. He is so incredibly knowledgeable. Um, that's what's the beauty, like for me as a dad, you know, you always, you always try and make sure that your kids are bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. And I'm, he's ahead of the game. He's already winning. Yeah. He's a, he's a big car kid. We had the, uh, AMG GLE 53 this week and holy smokes, uh, what an amazing car. It's, it's actually been a really interesting week, a good week. Um, I was out at M city, which is the autonomous training facility or driving facility, uh, at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh was at the Lucas Oil uh, Eric Medlin Golf Tournament, which is uh, part of Peyton Manning's charity uh, to the Children's Hospital. And uh, the GLE 53, what a, what a, what a week. Yeah. It's been a good week. It's, it's kind of interesting, too, that Mercedes have invested so much in the United States, and everybody has this sort of idea that they make these sort of opulent sedans, but really their portfolio is so wide from work vans through batteries through these amazing fast SUVs and electric SUVs now made in the States, and everything is amazing that they make. Yeah, that's the, the coolest part is that, you know, we think of the high-end luxury S-Class type of vehicles or the G500, which is this incredible, you know, it's, it's just a pinnacle of, of luxury SUVs. It has this really rugged but super luxurious look. But, but we forget about the van, right? We forget about the fact that they have uh, a Mercedes Sprinter van that is, you know, used for off-roading in some instances. It's used for package delivery. It's used as a utility vehicle. It's used for those in the construction industry, like it's such a universal brand. Uh, and given the fact that they are, you know, the world's most luxurious automotive brand, um, you're right, Nick, their diversity is far and wide. And then you get to menacing cars like the, you know, the G, the, the, the vehicle that you drove uh, and the GLE and the coupe version. And you get to sort of make your kids scream in the bag when you take them to school. That's right. You get, oh man, it is it's the first time I've spent that much quality time in a 53 like that. And it's just a fun, it's a fun car. It's a fast car. Um, it's got a very distinctive look. I remember when the Audi A7 came to market in 2012, everyone looked at it and went, wow, what a kind of unusual, but really cool looking hatchy, sporty four-door sedan vehicle. And then you fast forward today, you have so many automakers that have kind of built on that interesting c-pillar of the vehicle and you get that with the gle 53 i keep to say i keep saying to people uh you know you have a choice in the suv world of this suv with the square back and the suv with the coupe back and i'm definitely a coupe back guy i like the coupes they're not practical they're not um they're, they're definitely not useful as useful as the square backs you you lose about i think two-thirds of the space in the back but they are so sexy yeah, they are. And I, I love how you, you opened up this segment today like you, you do, you know, usually. And that's, you know, always kind of putting it up against one of two things, either, you know, my son and I or, you know, how's the family with this vehicle? And and so, you know, I get a, a way to gauge it in two different ways, you know, from the standpoint of if I'm commuting every day to work and, you know, I'm I'm wanting a high end. That, that's it, man. It falls right into there. It could be one of the most 
cool vehicles uh, on the market. Unfortunately for the family, right? Like it's it's a little different ball game, you know. Uh, Americans love their full size trucks and SUVs, and you know we are taking receipt of a new luxury SUV here in the next uh, week and a half. And so you know there are just certain things that we look for. And and what's great about the GLE is it's packed with performance, ton of luxury, amazing screen space on the inside, everything that you could possibly want in a high end luxury vehicle. And there's definitely a great market for that vehicle. I think it's probably made for people on both ends, um, and that is people sort of before they get or they have smaller kids and um, before they get into the older kid family, and then uh, it's made for people on the other end when they uh, they sort of their kids are gone and they want a little oh, more fun. Yeah. So that's uh, the side I'm on. I'm on that side. Pick, that, pick me, team. I'm on that side. That's the type of car that if the three of us ever got together under one roof, that we would need to take out. I keep telling Andy that the last thing that you're ever going to want is uh, Andy running at him, giving you a hug. Yeah, I was, I was saying, I said, I guarantee Mike, when, when I see him, he's, the hand is going to be extended all the way out, hips back. That's all the that's the closest you can get to me, you big sweaty man. Awesome. Um, yes, but I'm saying. How was your visit to University of Michigan? Did it blow your mind with all the stuff they're doing yeah. in autonomy? You know, they have this massive uh, contained facility where you're testing you know autonomous vehicles and it's all about self-driving of the future and m city which is part of the university of michigan um it's taught by a professor from the school you have a lot of automakers out there testing their products we were there during one of their test sessions and it's there's a monotony to it though it's pretty crazy like they had one car uh and it was an upfitted lincoln and this Lincoln just kept going in the same circle with other cars, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they're capturing data to see how the computer reads every single time you do the same loop. Is it 100% accurate? So they're just measuring data. So we spent a lot of time out there at their facility, and it, it was great. You know, we had a chance to see how lane departure warning works on a quarter-mile track. We had a chance to see how... Uh, Super Cruise would be adapted for a facility like that and used. So they gained the research from that, and then they they worked to implement it. I was there. Interestingly enough, we've talked about the Curiosity Lab down in Peachtree Corners, Georgia. That's why I was there uh, working with them. And what's interesting is that they call M-City Zero. And that's where companies need to go on a self-contained private track to start their program. It's new startup companies. You then, stage one, go to the Curiosity Lab at Peachtree Corners in Georgia. That's on a public street. So that's like level one. All right, we've got through level ground zero. Now we're going to go to level one and test these vehicles on the street. So those two got together, and they're, they're trying to see what they can do to work up some fun synergies. Right. Um, that's it's interesting to see how everything gets itself put together. If you think he's an automotive intellectual, you should try his spicy peanut butter chicken. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show. Our auto expert on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, and on the Instagrams. Uh, you can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Um, Andrew, so I got to go to uh, Utah. I love Utah a lot, especially for driving. Never been to the Salt Flats before. And got to see the salt flats. Completely know why people. So you fly into Utah all the time and you fly over the salt flats. I've never actually gone to the salt flats before. Mm -hmm. Got to see them for the first time. 
magical. Um, but went to the racetrack out there to drive all of the GR vehicles. Um, that is the sort of Gazoo racing versions of uh, both the 86 and the uh, Supra, but then they also introduced the GR Corolla. Now, what? back in 1995, Toyota, uh, back in 95, Chevrolet Geo Metro was a three cylinder vehicle that made 67 horsepower, had a top speed of 100 miles an hour, and it cost about $8,000. Jump forward almost 30 years, about 27 years, and the new three cylinder hot hatch is the Corolla GR. It outputs 300 horsepower. It has a top speed of 142 miles an hour. And this vehicle now has millions of views on uh, the, the YouTubes. Mm -hmm. it, they have over 100,000 hand raisers. Uh, that's people that want to buy it. Um, it goes on sale sometime later this year. And it looks like uh, the pricing was leaked accidentally, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. It's interesting how it happened, but I'll tell you. Um, and everyone, I can't talk about driving impressions because that is held until September the 14th. But it only comes in a manual. It comes in three different grades. And I can also tell you, you should expect the unexpected with this vehicle. But going from three, you know, 300 horsepower in something, which is about the smallest car you can buy in the United States, is going to be mouth-dropping. You already know that. The Corolla? 300 horsepower. The Corolla hatch. So it's just take the trunk of your 2017 uh, Hyundai Elantra uh -huh. and lop, lop the trunk off. That's about the size of the vehicle. So when you get to the back seat, eh, the vehicle ends. Oh, that's not a lot of room. No. That's not a lot going on. Yeah. And 300 horsepower. Yours is probably somewhere around 100, and 100 107, somewhere 105. On a good day. On yeah. a good day. When you're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm mad that you're right. So imagine it has at least about three times the power that yours does. And like half the size. Yeah, and not half the size, two-thirds the size. Dang, yeah. man. I bet that thing is zippy. And a lot more engineering, yeah. Carbon fiber roof. Um, it's developed in an aero tunnel. Looks amazing. Uh, a lot of fun. I can't wait to try and shove myself into that. <laughs> you know, it's not hard to get in. I mean, it's wider, lower, stronger. Are you describing uh, me or the car? The car. Okay. Uh, it's it's a great little number, but right. it's uh, so. Let's talk about this pricing. So you understand what embargoes are. Yes. So it, when we go to these automotive events, we do it on an agreement basis with the manufacturer. Is they pay for our travel and our lodgings and our food under the agreement that we don't release certain aspects of the car until a given date because they only have so many models for us to test and so they bring the journalists in waves to be allowed to test them mm -hmm. and then we can all release our videos our YouTube stories our television stories at the same time so nobody gets favoritism 
we all get to do it at the same time. It's supposed to be democratic. It's supposed to be fair. It's supposed to be honest. And they provide us with all the materials and the access to the vehicles. And then they don't force us to write anything in the style. We can do what we want. And we can be as honest as we want about the story. Okay. Um, they don't have to invite us. And, you know, we can trash the car if we don't like it. We may not get invited back if we do, but that's the risk you take. Right. Some people do say bad things about it. You know, some people don't. Have a great relationship with Toyota. Nice car company. Um, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we say what we want to about the vehicle. Here's the interesting part. We all signed an agreement not to, to release that info. Mm-hmm. On releasing, on what happened is the day I was there, which was the very last wave of journalists that came in, uh, it, on the Toyota forum, on, on the Corolla forum, the pricing was leaked of the vehicle. Oh, no. So somebody on the forum had the pricing, and they got it from what looks like an Instagram video from a journalist who was at the event. Right. And the video was no longer on Instagram. Oh, imagine that. Um, It had been taken down by the journalist because it was clearly a mistake putting it up. But they had screen grabs from the video. Gotta love the internet, baby. And this journalist was Hispanic. We know that. We know they were on wave two from when the video was put up. Oh, no. And they had a fairly small Instagram account. So I think Toyota identified who the person was fairly quickly. They were upset that it happened, but they weren't super mad because this was a mistake. Mm. So what do you do? You punish them. They apologize. They took it down immediately. They realized something bad. But now the information is out there. Right. So we knew it had been put out there. But Toyota then sent an email, which I received yesterday, that said the pricing is now, you know. Because that kind of forces Toyota to give that give the green light to everyone else, right? Well, okay, since it's been leaked, we can't really enforce. Like, they can't come to you now if you talk about it and say, hey, you broke the embargo because it went, you know what I mean? They can't do that now, right? Yeah, so I got this email yesterday that says important embargo date change, GR Corolla pricing. It said trusted media. You know, blah, 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 blah. Thanks. But the September uh, the 14th embargo uh, has now changed. Uh, it's, it's the same for the driving impressions. It remains in effect. But the pricing um, embargo timing um, for the Supra has not changed. But it has changed for the um, pricing. Okay. Makes sense. So the pricing has has, rem- has changed. Um and let me just just double check this before I tell you. <laughs> Man, I can't believe that. So that would probably, if I was in charge of their media and all that kind of stuff, I feel like that would probably be the best answer, just to let it, like, let them have it. That little piece of info, there's because it's not. I mean, it's an important piece of info, but it's not giving like too much away. Right. So whatever. Yeah. No. So they're lifting the embargo on the pricing. It says, "Is as a result, we are lifting our embargo on the pricing at this time." So are you ready? This is this 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 was the embargo pricing for the time uh, for the so I'm going to go back and um, make sure I read it to you correctly so there's no mistake in the uh, pricing because this is what everybody wants to know for pricing. There's a comma involved, right? Like it's not like some crazy nine hundred ninety nine dollar car. 
So the core, there's three levels of the Corolla, the GR Corolla. All right. Okay. And remember, this is a hot hatch, a super fast car. Of course. The, the core, which is the least expensive version, should come in just under thirty-six thousand dollars. Okay. Oh, just that's under thirty-six. Yeah, that's the that's the base version. Okay. The core. I'm hearing you. The circuit, which is the next highest trim level. Yeah. Of the hottest hatch, should come in just under forty-three thousand dollars. <laughs> And the hottest, fastest, racist, raciest car, which is the Marisa, which is named after Akio Toyota, is going to come in just under $50,000. <laughs> what? So you can have one of the hottest race cars out there for just under, which I think is actually less if i'm not mistaken than the the vw type uh the vw um 32r which is the golf the three yeah so it's almost 60k it's for all, a three banger no 50 less than less than 50 but that's the race version that's the race version of the car which is actually amazingly priced for what you get Oh, so, man, I can't wait for the embargo. Nick won't even tell me stuff about the embargo. No, right? I can't because I signed a deal saying I couldn't tell you. I want to know. I mean, everybody. And the only way to get these vehicles, well, the circuit, I think, is limited to um, a very small amount. They're only going to do something like a 1,000 of them. So the only way to get these vehicles, and here's a secret about getting them, because everybody wants them mm -hmm. desperately. Yeah. The only way, if you want a new vehicle... And this is the biggest secret about getting a car when chips are available. When a car company launches a car, a brand new car, so this is the perfect example, the GR Corolla. Mm. It's being launched this fall, later this fall. You need to go, if you want one of these, the best time to get one is now. Go to a dealer, get the dealer to put you on a list and order it now. As soon as they are allowed to order them, Get them to confirm you're getting one and order it because Toyota will shift because they put all their money into launching it, sending journalists to Utah to drive it, write yeah. articles about it, do all these events, do all this advertising around it. They have all these new ad campaigns around it. They've sunk all their money into it. They're going to make chips available to make them. So they're going to be made. They're not going to not have chips available. They're yeah. going to be in market. So you know they're going to have them on dealer lots. Dang. So order it now because you know they will be available. That's the secret of getting them. When they come out first, order them now. Find us. Follow us. Direct message your questions or comments. At Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. I sometimes wonder if Anchor Daddy is the right word, but I'll take it. Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. And, of course, hours of fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news from our Auto Expert. Uh, wanted to bring your attention to this if you live in the great Northwest. Uh, Cruising with the Cops is a car show. It uh, is a whole bunch of fun, and it is going to 
happen is a tribute to the uh, 9-11 and all first responders who uh, happen to uh, be involved in that. And of course, we always support everybody who wears a uniform. Uh, Antiques are going to be there. They're going to have custom, uh, vintage and classics. Uh, They're all encouraged to take part in this. Uh, Daily drivers as well, trucks, uh, MCs, oddities. Um, That means you can go to Andy and your 2017 uh, Hyundai. That's uh, welcome. Oddities. It says it right here on the page. This is weird. Uh, Project cars uh, as well. Uh, Vendors are welcome as well. There's going to be a silent auction. uh, $15 vehicle entry fee. uh, Free for high school students, um, which is amazing. By the way, if you're a high school student, uh, there will be uh, drawings. There will be a whole bunch of other stuff happening as well. Uh, 50 uh, Judges Choice Awards. Kids and pets are also welcome. Uh, you don't want uh, Bill to come to this, I can tell you. No, you no, Bill can't come to My that at all. My 125-pound black Labrador because he's just a nut job. Um, if you go to the website, by the way, which is super useful uh, because the website actually has uh, QR codes. Whoever put those on there, you should take the rest of the day off because you had a brain. Uh, cruisingwiththecops.org. Cruisingwiththecops.org. And if you can't spell that, I can give you a continuing education course that could help you out. Uh, cruisingwiththecops.org. They have QR codes on there for registration forms, for the Facebook page, and for contact and events info. You can print a flyer. You can have vehicle registration forms. Uh, there is also a map available. It sounds like if your son, if your Sunday 9/11 is not planned between two uh, nine and two p.m., this sounds like something that you should be doing. It sounds like a lot of fun and. It's going to happen rain or shine, a whole community event happening as well. Thanks to my pals at uh, Gresham Police Department who are uh, fiercely working to put this together as well. Um, But everybody is uh, making sure that this happens. Uh, It's all put on by the Gresham Police Officers Association. Uh, It's happening in the former Big Kmart uh, parking lot. So that's at 440 Northwest Burnside Street in Gresham, Sunday, September the 11th, 2022, from 9 to 2. So they'll be giving you a whole bunch of fun. I expect to see you there. I'm going. But don't please don't put on that British policeman's uniform. It doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, that was that was the that was for the summer of 2019. <laughs> when you were just a little smaller? Yeah. Before you started working out. More more tater top. <laughs> Uh, did, did you know that uh, there is a problem with the uh, 200,000 Ford Expedition Lincoln Navigators uh, glove boxes? Why? I don't know. The gl- Wait, hold on. Stop. That's so specific. The glove boxes? Uh, it's Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, they, the actual uh, blower behind the glove boxes uh, is overheating. The Ford company, uh, at, through a National Highway Safety uh, Administration, uh, has announced that they are uh, recalling these vehicles because the uh, units, 200,000 of these units, uh, are actually overheating and causing fires in the vehicle. Uh, the faulty component is in the passenger side behind the glove box, and it's overheating uh, because of a fault. Uh, it started in the January 16, 2014 models through the June 
30th 2017 models uh, that are affected. 163,000 of those units in the expeditions, while uh, 35,000 are in navigators, and, and they are being replaced because of this recall. But they get a little hot, and the blowers get a little hot, and they catch fire. I, I, I can tell you right now where this complaint came from. <laughs> who, did, who made this complaint? Uh, it is a divorced... Caucasian woman who has too much time on her hands and too much You're frenzy so of box specific. Wine. I know what happened here. Dude. Someone put their Mac makeup in the glove box. It got a little wilted, and then she got on the she got on the the horn to the dealership and said, "I have been inconvenienced." It's probably because it's a serious enough problem they have to take care of it. I mean, if You're, it's just a little warm air, meh. It's catching fire, Andy. Then don't take, put paper in there. You shouldn't. You have to listen. You if it catches fire, it doesn't matter what's in the glove box. Catching fire is bad. I mean, yeah, but it's not. It's uh, tomato, tomato, man. I feel like that's a that's an inconvenience, Karen. The second thing you're never going to do, apart from my accounts, is you're never going to do any safety on any of my vehicles either. You failed on two things today. Uh, Ford 7th generation pony car debuts September later this month uh, in Detroit over renderings of the suggested new Mustang are flying around the internet. Uh, the age of automobiles uh, is all going electric while not in the new Mustang. The pony car will debut uh, later this month and it's going to have a V8 motor. We know that already. Thank it may God. only just have a V8 motor in it. 60 years ago, uh, the vehicle was all about noise and smoke. Smoking tires and big grins on everybody's faces. Well, that will continue in the uh, next version of the Mustang. Uh, we know it'll have a V8. We don't know if it'll only have a V8, um, but at least a V8 on the debut. I think the debut is going to happen somewhere between the 13th and the 15th. I will be in Detroit to make sure of that. Um, the vehicle looks amazing so far but we've only really seen it with the covers on we know it'll have a 5.8 uh, 450 ish horsepower uh, that's sort of what we know so far that's all we know so and finally want to remind you that uh, you know 40 miles north of Little Rock Arkansas this small little town called Menifee has been told no more speeding tickets. It only has 274 residents, according to the 2020 U.S. Census. But they have written so many speeding tickets that uh, they have been told no more. One person got 771. Over a four- and five-year span, they have made almost 90% of their income, written 2,318 tickets from January the 1st, 2018, through August the 24th. 4th, 2022, and made almost all of their income from those speeding tickets. Boo. What? I can't believe they told the public that. They I feel have to. They have to report it. That's the beginning of, oh man, what's that movie where uh, one day a year you can go do whatever you want? Oh, I haven't seen I, that. I feel, I feel that's the beginning of this. You're probably. Like, you're probably right. Um, no more speeding tickets. Do what you want. According to this audit, over $120,000 from traffic citations uh, was made um, in this little town. And they're only allowed to make uh, a maximum of 50%. So the judge said, no, no, no. The thrill of the throttle. 
our auto expert, Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Hello. <clears throat> All right, so uh, car sales. We're always talking about who's buying what, what's buying who, where are they going, who's selling them, and how the chips are doing. But you know who really knows what's going on? Who? Tyson Jomini from uh, JD Power and Assesses. Oh, Tyson, you're getting a round of applause from Automatic Andy. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting the official clap in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. So we, it's been a while since we've talked, and uh, summer tends to be a really slow period for car sales. A lot of people vacationing and doing things, but as the fall comes around, the model changeover happens, and Labor Day is a big time of year for selling vehicles. I always tell everybody, Labor Day and uh, Christmas, or the holiday season at the end of the year, are the two hottest periods. Would you agree? Uh, 99 times out of 100, I would completely agree. This is that one time, though, Nick, where things aren't exactly as they've always been. The kerfuffle happens because of the pandemic, probably. Oh, man, it sounds chaotic. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, we don't have any cars to sell, so normally Labor Day, it's the big sales, you know, the inflatable gorillas, the, the waving arm guys outside the dealerships. Come on in. We've got to move out these old model years. Bring in a new one. None of that's going on this weekend. Tyson, right. that's, that's how I got my Hyundai is the, the wiggly guy. I'm like, oh, that place sounds safe. <laughs> you, have, you have to understand that Automatic Andy is very susceptible to, um, you know, sales guys. Yeah, wiggly things. I'll always get me. <laughs> uh, so... This year, it's just people just desperate to buy anyway, or it's uh, what, what's what's how different is it? I guess would be the question to ask. Well, I mean, we don't have a lot of inventory. Normally, we have about three to four million units on the ground. We continue to have fewer than nine hundred thousand, so inventory is way down. So people are coming in and they're paying basically any price the dealer's asking. So prices are way up, which means monthly payments are hitting all-time records. Interesting. I talked to Scott Vazen, who is the uh, chief of communications at uh, Toyota and Toyota Lexus. And he was saying uh, at the beginning of the month, they usually start with about one and a half days worth of inventory at uh, the Toyota dealers for the Tundra. And the end of the month ha closes about exactly the same, uh, which is pretty unheard of for them. Well, yeah. Funny you mentioned Tundra. It's one of those vehicles where there are basically no Tundras out there. Uh, it was just refreshed uh, recently. It's all new. It, it looks great. Uh, but Toyota can't make enough of those right now. Um, but you do see a lot of inventory in some of the other pickups. Silverado, Ram, starting to get back up closer to about 60 days on the ground. So wow. you'll start to see some pickups at dealerships. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how it goes in waves, though, doesn't it? So as soon as people learn that they are available, they tend to run out and buy them. Of course there's um, Chevys available. <laughs> plenty of Chevys. They do well, well though. Well, well Chevy had, had a lot of vehicles sitting around like the Metro Detroit area waiting for chips, and they got a bunch of those. And so Chevy has been getting a lot of vehicles to market uh, a lot faster than others right now because they had so many units just sitting around, uh, and they're able to get those completed. What's uh, what's the sort of truck market look like overall? Um, who's doing well and who's not doing so well? Well, again, now that Chevy has a lot of trucks to sell, they are doing better. Uh, and, and Chevy shares starting to, to go up, starting to catch Ford. Uh, Ford traditionally does, does quite well. 
Um, you know, Toyota could be doing better. They had more trucks and SUVs to sell. Uh, they, they really are kind of going through the ringer right now. Um, but otherwise, you know, kind of Ford and Chevy are, are starting to get some of that, that inventory back. A lot of uh, discussion about all these people that Ford have been laying off. There there seems to be waves of 3,000 here, 3,000 there, but a lot of it's been at their gas uh, engine facilities. Is this something to do with chips, do you think, or is it a lot more to do with their changeover to electrification? Yeah, it's more about the electrification piece. I mean, EV sales in the U.S. are hitting about 6% nationally, but in markets like California, we're talking almost 20% of all sales are EVs. And considering that EVs are not in all segments, that basically means that Californians are buying EVs at a rate of almost 50% in segments where they're available. Um, so things are changing rapidly, and that's causing a lot of friction in the industry. Interesting that uh, that California is so far ahead, yet the infrastructure isn't really there. So I'm hearing about two, three, four-hour waits sometimes just to get your vehicles charged, uh, depending on where you live and what time of day that you're looking to get your vehicle charged. So we've got a lot of catching up to do in that in that segment, uh, especially in California. Uh, how does the rest of the industry pan out if we do the 10,000 feet look as far as car sales is concerned across the country? Well, we're still seeing SUVs, number one and number two. So mid-size SUVs, in, in, in my language, is you know three-row crossovers to, to everyone, uh, still continues to be the largest segment right behind it, sometimes slightly ahead. Uh, compact SUVs, you know, your RAV4s and your Ford Escapes, um, are also doing quite well. Um, when we add up all the SUV pieces right now, um, they're, they're flying. And the three biggest SUV segments are about 50% of all sales right now. Whoa. <laughs> Dang. That's, uh, Is that all? That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, I was super surprised that GM Authority had some lists of the luxury uh, three-row SUVs, which includes Escalade. And what really floored me was Wagoneer came into the marketplace in January and it already took the number two spot um, behind Escalade, which is obviously the king of the pile, um, it, within just the first six months. And that blew me away that uh, Wagoneer was doing so well and still yet it hasn't got approval to be a livery vehicle, which is, you know, the, the core of where those sales go for all those livery companies that are using Escalade and, and uh, using Navigator as their vehicles. You know, Wagoneer still hasn't got approval for that. So people are actually buying sort of, you know, sales are only about 6,000, but still that's a huge core of those things like Wagoneer that came in in that first six months to just dominate uh, as number two. Yeah, and, and you know, Stellantis, the, the owner of, of Jeep, uh, they had to make some choices as to what to build. Um, and with Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer launching being all new this year, they chose to put their chips in those vehicles. And there are a lot of other vehicles, though, that they didn't have chips for, like, you know, your Compass and Cherokee that, that kind of took that hit. That's why you see a lot of, of sales of Wagoneer. They really prioritize that vehicle. Yeah, I went to a Jeep dealership in New York called Bayside, and they, they were just basically saying, as soon as the truck is here, the, the buyers are basically buying everything as it come as a truck delivers, and that's in Queens. I mean, you, you, you would think that Jeep wouldn't be so hot in Queens, but as they unload the truck, people are buying Cherokees, grand, you know, grand Cherokees off of the truck as they unload it, which is incredible. 
We, we see that in a lot of places, Nick. I mean, we see vehicles are, are turning, uh, 55% of vehicles turn in about a week. So more than half of all sales are, are turning almost as soon as they come off the truck, like you said. Uh, they come off, the dealer basically wipes off the dust from transportation, and there's a customer there waiting to just take it away that same day. Yeah, it's uh, it's hot. What's uh, what does the rest of the industry look like? I know that um, we've seen things like the median price of the super luxury cars, like Rolls Royces. You know, they're still launching and they're getting ready to launch their first all electric Rolls Royce. And you would think, you know, it's a time of mass inflation and those type of things. But uh, they've had more people visit their factory in England them for to look at the new Spectre, which is their all electric Rolls Royce, and uh, you know their other vehicles in recent year than they've had in history, and they've had more interest in buying their Spectre than any other car that they've ever brought out. And they've been surprised themselves at how many people want to buy this new Rolls Royce. Um, yet in the time of in you know inflation and all the other problems that we've been having. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, we see the super premium space, you know, your Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and Ferraris, uh, setting new share records every year. Uh, 2022, no exception. More consumers are buying at that end. Uh, a lot are still going on the, the wealth effect from the, the stock, stock market gains they had or the Bitcoin gains they had or the house price gains they had. Whether or not they, they still have those, um, they maybe took some money out of the market and, and those the wealthiest end of the market uh, just saw sales explode since coronavirus. Incredible. Uh, where is, is there any deals or are we out of luck? <laughs> well, you're really out of luck if you're looking for a, a sports car, like a Corvette or a 911. Um, the end of summer, there's almost none of those out there. So all the fun cars have kind of dried up with the exception of muscle cars. We have a lot of muscle cars out there. So if you, you're looking for uh, something sporty, uh, Mustang, Challenger, Camaro, you may find a good deal. Um, but where you're, you're probably going to start seeing deals pop up because we're seeing incentives popping up is in the full-size truck market. We're seeing incentives coming out now on Ram and, and some others. Uh, and Ford still has the, the incentive. If you order a vehicle, you'll get money. Uh, so look at some of those places for the best deals right now. Uh, it seems like uh, you know Ram is waiting for 2024, where their new vehicles uh, come into the market electric-wise. Uh, Jeep is going to announce on their new Jeeps on September the 7th, when they're going to show all their electric vehicles. Um, so we'll see all of those. So it'll be a while before they come to market. So they have uh, they'll have some new stuff at Detroit. But um, there's going to be, uh, you know, Ram probably has current product for the next year or so. So I'm expecting to see a little bit of incentive on their stuff as well, probably for a year or so before the new 2024 electric stuff comes to market. So um, and they're, they're good buys. I mean, they, they do a lot. Um, so those will probably continue before the Silverado EVs and, and the new trucks come to market, right? Yeah, I would expect so. I mean, Silverado EV should be coming out here in, in you know about six months or so. Uh, that'll make it. Of course, the F-150 Lightning is already in market and, and doing very well. Um, so, uh, you know, what we've seen, though, in the past, Ram will continue to make their old truck alongside the new truck. Right. Uh, and the old truck provides that great value for consumers uh, where you can get it a lot cheaper. Uh, so I would imagine they would do something similar here uh, when they come out with their new version. From J.D. Power, Tyson Jomini. America's fastest-growing automotive radio show. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Catch up with previous episodes of the show 
our or website is ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside the car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Oh, it's Automatic Andy. He likes to take new cars, touch them, feel them, smack them, taste them. Uh, I like to do a whole bunch of things in them. I like to have concerts. I like to have buffets. I like to have... Uh, I hope you vacuum them and use some Clorox wipes after you're done having a buffet. In that order. I didn't know there was, you know, inappropriate food eating in vehicles that you're test driving. Uh, not not all the time. Not all the time. But every once in a while, you know, I'm human. I'm I was wondering where our garbage bill had increased at the house because uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, extra garbage. A lot of rappers, Nick. Oh, that kind of rappers, food rappers. Yeah. I was thinking that you had been, you know, going to recording studios, something um, to do with the concerts. Yeah, no, I'm, well, I do it. That's, that's my See main. what I did there? I was, that was a radio twist on the rap. Anyway. That was a, that was beyond, a, It's beyond you. That was smooth. All right. Okay, I'm with Once you. Once in a while. Nice, Nick. That's why they pay me the $1.46 an hour. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so, Nick, I had the luxury of being in the 2022 Toyota Tundra Limited. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we're not going to get the base model, duh. Uh, the last time I was in a Toyota, it was the TRD Camry. I'm not going to lie. I miss the TRD. It's fun. It's quick. Uh, I miss being in a Toyota. Do you know what TRD stands for? Um, totally radical dude. No. What? Toyota Race Division. Well, that's too easy. Of course. Okay. Um, you know, for being a, I don't, Nick. I really like this truck, and I don't like trucks. I don't because there's, I don't. They're just too much. I don't understand the geometry of a truck bed and how to turn. And now I got to park extra. So I just you I'm do understand in, though. This is what keeps America trucking. I mean, so that was the review. <laughs> we keep America trucking. Uh, yeah, these, this is what middle America uses to exist. You know, then they're better people than I. How would we transport cheese if we didn't have trucks? You know, you could probably transport the same amount of cheese if you just had one more in the convoy and it could <laughs> the trucks. And cost us a lot of money. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So for being a giant truck, though, it's quite nimble on that concrete jungle. Okay. Uh, this is a huge segment of cars. Like, you can close your eyes... Think of three car manufacturers, and I can. Can we substitute the word car for vehicle, please? Vehicle, vehicle. Uh, these three vehicle manufacturers, and I can almost guarantee they got a dog in the fight. So let me start with the bad, so we can get that out of the way. A few things that I definitely did not like was the expense. I mean, it's a definitely it, it's a it's a great car. There's a lot of truck. awesome things about it. There's a lot of cool. Tr- it is a truck. There's not. Yeah, you're right. It is a really cool truck. There's a lot of good stuff on it, but. They're a little spendy for me. I mean, some of the competition is just, it's so, the, the difference is, is, is crazy. Um, the gas. Holy smokes, it chugs gas. It doesn't chug it, it beer bongs gas. <laughs> I felt like when you drove it, the gas... I have a horrible taste in my mouth. Continue. Yeah, no, it's bad. I feel like the gas got an attitude and would just, like, drip out of the... I don't, I don't know how it went through... But it has, to me, a disrespectful 18, 23 miles per gallon. And I know that's pretty good for a truck, but realistically... like Try when, hauling stone and brick and uh, sand and equipment, my friend. Yeah, I suppose. You've never worked for a living, have you? I only I have less than 100 
manual labor hours clocked into my hands. Yeah, in what, 40 years? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, okay, sure. <clears throat> when uh, you were still, when your primary source of food was milk, yeah, I was. I had a thousand calluses on my hands. We're two different cloths. Yeah, I'm silk. You're callus. Callus. Continue. Um, so that was, and you know, realistically, like when you look on the the digital dash thing, it tells you like what your average is. It was really more like fourteen, fifteen. So that was a little bit of an issue. Um, the crew cab Toyota's rear seat is a couple inches narrower, so you're losing a little bit of room, which for a big dude that matters. And drivers who want an automatic way to deal with slippery conditions are out of luck. Um, there, the four-wheel drive transfer case does not feature full-time all-wheel drive um, as opposed to some of the domestic brands. So that's a little bit of a problem. Uh, but the good stuff is after 14 long years, we finally get an all-new redesign. The last time we got one was uh, in 2007, and a lot of... Um, a lot of the manufacturers got, you know, two different big, huge redesigns since then. But and we finally got one. Uh, the, the lines are aggressive. They're clean. Just how I like my steaks. Uh, the twin turbo 3.4 liter V6 is responsible for a modest 389 horsepower with a decent 0 to 60 and 6.1. It felt a little bit quicker than that. Not that I would know, but I read uh, the quietness of it. That one was a huge one for me. This would have been perfect truck, uh, the perfect truck for that movie, The Quiet Place, because even at 70 miles an hour, it only registers up to 66 decibels, which is the same as a normal conversation that we're having now. Um, so I don't know if that would filter out some of the British of you, Nick, if in the conversation, but it did. It's that's it was really, really, really quiet. Uh, the JBL sound system was just about perfect. It hit the bass, rattled the windows. Um, likely because of the 12 speakers in it, so you know I had some epic concerts. Uh, as equipped, our truck was rated up to tow up to 11,120 pounds and carry up to almost 2,000 pounds. Um, oh, excuse me, it does carry uh, 1,700 pounds in its aluminum reinforced composite bed. Um, and then the 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 big pro for me is that they have a hybrid version, which is as amazing as it sounds. It's pretty sweet. Uh, pretty much the same end goal of the Tundra in general, but it's just a hybrid. So, will I give this car the stamp of approval? Yes, will you? Yes. Ooh. But only... Wait, I didn't hear the stamp of approval. Thank you. Bam. But only, Nick, because it has a hybrid version. But even then, the, the miles, the it doesn't go too crazy. It's like 20, 20 to 23. Yeah, it's then. a mile hybrid. It's, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's not a proper hybrid. So, if I could get, like... If I if that was true, if I could really realistically get about twenty miles out of it for the hybrid, that would be pretty amazing for a truck like that. The hybrid so, is great. I've driven it. So the the hybrid. So I'm going to give it a yes on the caveat that I'm getting the hybrid. Right. Um, the hybrid's more powerful. I think faster, stronger. Yeah, it does. It weighs. Smells little, better too. It's almost a thousand pounds less too. Right. Um. They, uh, look, I it it's a hard choice for me to uh, drive whether I drive a Tundra or whether I drive a Ford. That segment's really busy. Yeah. There's, we heard, too. I mean, Rams. I mean, Rams always been my favorite. It's hard. It's hard. Life's hard. <laughs> More to come about hard life. It's a hard knock life for me. It's a hard knock life for me. Find us. Follow us. Direct message your questions or comments. At Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Auto Expert. 
Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our Auto Expert. Our Auto Experts, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, so just don't forget, check out your local TV station. We uh, have news every single day about the automotive industry. One of the stories you may have seen is what does the future of the car look like? We had featured some of the vehicles on the lawn at uh, Pebble Beach, especially some of the new vehicles featured in their concept lawn uh, on Sunday. Uh, they have all of the latest new concept cars on the lawn. One of those that we featured was the uh, Lincoln. They had the L100 and the Star concept. Um, and the interesting thing that we talked about was in the Star concept, uh, Lincoln used electronics to keep your electronics away from you. So uh, Kamal Kirik is joining us from Lincoln. He is the director of Lincoln, uh, the design director of Lincoln. Uh, Kamal interesting take on the ideas of the future from Lincoln. You've always been very progressive in your design and we share a couple of things in common. Um, you grew up in Germany uh, and uh, Croatia. I also grew up in Germany. I didn't have the Croatian part. You have an advantage on me there. But uh, growing yeah. up in Germany, I remember seeing brands like Mercedes and BMW as just regular vehicles, not the luxury opulent vehicles that we recognize today and it was kind of difficult for me to get used to coming to the states in the uh, early 2000s as seeing these vehicles now as luxury vehicles when in I grew up with a Mercedes as just just a passenger car so having to get the idea of what these big luxury cars were looking like today um, the world sort of turned upside down on me um, I don't know if it was the same sort of experience for you. Yeah, no, thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, for me, same same experience you had. I mean, for me, thinking back, you know, the Lincoln has historically been a favorite of, you know, if you think about the Hollywood stars and presidents and, you know, people who wanted to make a grand entrance. And I always thought about the Lincolns were probably the most elegant vehicles you can imagine, you know, and being in surrounded by German cars and European cars, you know, this exuberant proportions that only Lincoln can do. I think it was something which uh, it was absolutely stunning at that point. You know, first time I remember seeing a Lincoln Continental. It was just absolutely impressive for me. Just pure size of the car and the presence this vehicle had. It's just something, you know, that, you know, it's I convey the, the pure American luxury to me. I really miss coach doors. That's what I miss the most on American cars. I It was my favorite in those areas where the doors opened uh, the opposite direction because it, to me it was that was the elegant ingress and egress of a vehicle. And it doesn't seem as practical nowadays, but when you enter and exit through a coach door, I think it's much grander. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of felt the same way. You know, something about the coach doors, and I, I keep comparing it to a human hug. Imagine when friends or family members come to your house, the first thing you do, you open your arms. And I feel the same way the vehicle opens these arms, it welcomes you in. And there's something super special. There's something that you almost celebrate, this grown entrance, um, which the Lincoln brand has been doing for over 85 years. We are, matter of fact, the very first one who actually introduced these coach doors to the world. Um, so, yeah, we do love them. <laughs> And then also the electronic deploying sidestep is, is something else. If you think back to the time when you 
always had a coach driver in a horse and carriage. He would get down and put a step out for you. And the electronic deploying sidestep in the SUVs now is is the same sort of thing. It's the, the driver getting out and deploying a step for you so you don't have to step in the mud. It's sort of for a different reason now because the height, but at the same time you feel like somebody is preparing for you to enter the world. Absolutely. I mean, even like today's cars, we look at our Lincoln Aviator. What we do, we actually have a very um, intelligent aero suspension, which actually lowers um, the way you approach your vehicle. The car will actually kneel down two inches to actually help you to get in and out uh, in such a vehicle like an SUV. Those are the kind of things that we put a lot of thoughts into um, to our clients and our customers, the way they're approaching the vehicle, to your point. Um, to make it easy, effortless, but at the same time, you know, when you drive, you have this comfort. So those are kind of the features we embedded in our vehicles. It's interesting. I think your job has probably changed a lot in the last few years. It's become much more engineering bound. Uh, they used to be very separate jobs uh, back in the day where it would be a designer who would have these artistic ideas and uh, then the they would have to be de- designed around engineering platforms and the engineers would take over or you would have parameters. But now it's a much more of a hand-in-hand job where you have engineers and designers working together, and they mu- it's much more of a job done together um, where you work together or you are part of each other's job um, and you share much more of an inter- a handshake knowledge. Um, it's no longer so separate. It's much more of a... Uh, a job where you share information or you sometimes do some of the jobs of each other. No, that's correct. I think, you know, if you think about, it's all about this holistic experience. And, you know, and for Lincoln, we set up the division of quiet flight, and you can imagine everybody rallies around it. In, and it's based around human sanctuary, beauty, and gliding. And we always utilize this, even the engineers and marketing, design, we, we always ask ourselves, you know, what is the, you know, the beauty, the aspect of the vehicle? every Lincoln has to have, and then the human aspect, you know, the machine cannot take over. It needs to augment the human, but we don't want the, the machine to take over. Um, so those are the kind of things that we, we put up front, you know, we really design the vehicles. But I see it also, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing time for us as engineers and designers because um, everything is changing, you know, with the, with the new opportunities we have, with the EV technologies and uh, you know, the past 100 years or over 100 years, we had to, like, worry about the, 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 the motor and uh, the gas uh, power lines and such. You know, that now you actually have this freedom and space that you can reimagine everything. So we, we have to actually forget everything we knew about the vehicles, basically, and, and start rethinking uh, about the holistic experiences, you know, and the things that we want to solve for the future. What do the uh, L... 100 concept and the star concept tell us about Lincoln in the future? Yeah, I mean, these are the ultimate expression of our Lincoln design. Um, you know, we, we thought about the Lincoln uh, Model L100, if you think about 1922, the very first Lincoln uh, Model L. He um, was a pinnacle of automobile, I would say, the craftsmanship at that point, 100 years ago. And if we thought about it, you know, this what a wonderful time to celebrate and really start thinking about these new technologies that we have, the connected experiences, you know, almost creating the supercomputer and wheels. But at the same time, we wanted to create these vehicles which effortlessly move, you know, and, and not being electrified. The most important thing is to being aero efficient. 
So these are kind of the things that we set as a goal to first start thinking about the interior space, you know, creating a true third space for our clients. So that becomes almost like the best, uh, I would say, I almost say it's the best room in your house um, you want to spend most of the time in. And then really thinking about the, the range exactly that a lot of people have, you know, to making the most air-efficient vehicle. Those are the kind of the, the goals we set ourselves as our design brief. And then trying to, to really implement some of the technologies that we see coming in the next, uh, you know, 10, 20 years. It's interesting to think that, you know, pedals and steering wheels and um, a lot of the things that we find necessary, even, you know, a, a look forward isn't as necessary. I mean, you want to see where you're going, of course, but it's not as a lot of the things that we feel are necessary now um, aren't going to be necessary because a lot of the things that the car needs now to be driven will probably evaporate um, much more into the future. So you sort of and maybe some of the things that we need, uh, Kamal, we don't have yet. Some of the things that we'll need haven't been invented yet, right? Yeah, no, if you think about the way the Model L100 functions, yeah, we, you know, we have this center dual chessboard controller. Um, and we were thinking, you know, if this vehicle is uh, autonomous and we have the freedom to actually create in the future being drive aware, and this technology has been implemented for many, many years in, in uh, airplanes, if you think about, um, you know, the automatic autopilot, uh, but still the most fun of the part of, you know, if you ask any pilot, is landing and taking off where he takes control. So we didn't want to disconnect the driver or, or the passengers completely from the car, so we still wanted to implement something they can control and give an input. And so it was one of the observations we had, you know, this was inspired by the idea of play. You know, one of our designers came up with the concept, you know, he was watching his children playing with the toy cars. You know, if you think about it, the simple way the kids push and steer toy cars by hand, this control then replaces the traditional steering wheel to your point in this autonomous concept vehicle. And it makes it really cool and kind of very different vehicle experience. It's very intuitive and effortless. Interesting, more like a joystick. Let's jump back to where you came from and uh, your your history, your personal history. Over the years, the vehicles you've been involved in, the Fiesta, the Mondeo, the, um, those vehicles, what, what sticks in your mind as something that uh, you feel strongly about what you designed and what will remain um, an interesting part of your history that you have memories about? Yeah, from, yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, for me, um, the, the most significant car in you know, that I was blessed to actually have a chance to work on was the 15th anniversary of a Mustang. You know, being no American, and it's just like that was the dream. That was the ultimate American superhero that I think the, the entire world absolutely adores and loves. You know, if you think about the Mustang, um, you know, and that was kind of a really big privilege for me to actually be part of the team to create this, you know, um, that uh, anniversary Mustang. And now that we have the new Mustang coming around the corner, just being part of that, something like that, it was, it was just, uh, you know, I can, you can imagine dream come true. Um, and you really appreciate, you know, this, this absolute stunning car, you know. <laughs> As you said, you as being European myself, just uh, you know, shaking the ground. Yeah. The Mustang stand for the ultimate expression of freedom. I think that was for me always something that uh, to this day, um, Great. you know, it's it's a very emotional connection. Kamal, thank you for joining us. Kamal Kirik is the design director at Lincoln. This is our auto expert. America's fastest growing automotive radio show. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. 
Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via the Apple Podcast app. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and our Auto Expert radio show reaches 2 million Americans daily. Joining us is Anton Warman. He is an independent investor and analyst. All right, Anton, you sent me this amazing list of uh, things to talk about on today's show. Why don't we have an hour left? I am sad, but let's start at the top. Elon Musk in court in Delaware for uh, his whole debacle with Twitter. Uh, this looks like he might be in more serious trouble than previously thought. Yeah, Nick, really what's going on here is that in the battle for whether he should be forced to fulfill his contract to acquire Twitter as per the contract that they signed there in April, uh, all sorts of things are coming out, and it's uh, looking to shape up like a really nasty battle in which the judge so far is not pleased with uh, how some of the actors in court are behaving in terms of uh, delivering the documents that both parties are entitled to before the actual trial, which is scheduled to take place in, on October 17 for about a week. So, so far, it looks like the judge is uh, not really uh, being very happy with how Elon Musk and a couple of his business associates are responding to the requests by the court. And, uh, you know, he's got to be pretty careful here so that he doesn't get a bloody nose from uh, this procedure. So basically, let's boil it down. Court says, judge says, hand over these documents. Um, and they have basically not handed them over or refused to hand them over. Is that what it comes down to? Yeah, there are a lot of intricacies here, but phone records, uh, text messages between various parties and the judge is getting increasingly uh, annoyed by the fact that some people are not uh, either not handing them over at all or she suspects that they're not really handing over all of the messages that she thinks are going to be uh, relevant to this uh, court procedure. So uh, this is going to be some sparks flying here. The uh, judge has set a couple of deadlines that are expiring here at the end of this current week weekend. And we're going to be seeing a hearing here in the middle of the week when the judge is going to uh, let her latest views uh, known on the subject. So Elon could be facing what from the court? Well, I mean, the next step, assuming that the judge were to conclude that he is not delivering what she has requested, uh, a judge can impose sanctions of various kinds when somebody does not uh, act uh, in the way that the judge deems to be uh, uh, the right way. So uh, we don't know precisely what that means yet. That's going to be up to the judge to decide if anything at all happens. I mean, we can, things could simply resolve themselves and be on a merry good way uh, on the way uh, to, uh, to trial here in mid, uh, mid-October. mid But as of right now, there's certainly some disagreement about who can be asked questions, who is going to deliver answers to these questions, and what uh, facts are going to be delivered to the court. The question is, is this case complicated more by Twitter shareholders uh, voting on the merger on September 13th? Uh, No, it doesn't complicate things at all. Really, what it does is that once the Twitter shareholders have voted uh, in just barely 10 days from now uh, on this merger, it's going to be harder for Twitter to settle the case because once the shareholders have uh, affirmatively expressed their opinion that this is going to go forward, then if the board of directors wants to engage in settlement talks, with Elon Musk, then really they're not in as flexible a position to try to cut some sort of deal with Musk. So if there is ever going to be any settlement, it probably should occur before September 13th.
All right, let's talk about this. New mandates are popping up all over the United States for, especially California, is the one that's been getting the attention in the press for going 100% electric. Some of them uh, within 10 years, some of them over 10 years. Uh, yet we're shutting down nuclear power plants, which is probably the best way for us to make electric, but still not popular and can can, can be uh, somewhat unsafe depending on where they're built. Um, how are we dealing with this? Well, right now we're not dealing with it at all, really, certainly not in the United States. In the Just in the last few days and weeks in France and in Japan, they've actually just decided to fire up some of those nuclear plants that were recently shut down. So they seem to be doing something about it. But the message here is one of uh, lack of consistency. On the one hand, we should consume a lot more electricity by converting over to electric cars. At the same time, we should produce less, less electricity. So something here is going to have to give. And I, I mean, I believe it to the people who are claiming one or the other to basically uh, decide on uh, some sort of consistency here. But this is something that has to be resolved and politicians are sometimes very slow at these things. We may be going back to nuclear power if uh, if we don't find a better way. All right. We are having a, a bit of a, uh, let's say, go with China right now over the uh, arms deal uh, with uh, Taiwan. A long list of Chinese brands are introducing extremely attractive BEVs uh, at the local level. Uh, this is going to hurt American uh, car industry in China, right? Well, I mean, the Chinese are simply getting really good at making cars, and uh, their most competitive market is going to be their home market. So all of these foreign car companies, General Motors, Volkswagen being the two largest, but uh, plenty of others as well, are having an increasingly tough time to competing in the domestic Chinese market because, lo and behold, the Chinese are making, they're not just good cars from a quality standpoint, Nick, they're also starting to get the designs right. There are sophisticated designs, and, I mean, this is, uh, this is uh, you know, some of these automakers were hoping to um, make uh, huge profits in China to augment their worldwide operations, and now it turns out that their local competitors are getting stronger by the day. So, I mean, this is an ongoing issue, so to speak. I mean, it's uh, neither here nor there in terms of it being anybody's fault. <clears throat> in fact, there's no, nobody's fault involved, involved, involved here at all. Uh, but it's just a fact that uh, the Chinese are becoming more competent competitors by the day. All right. Finally, used car market prices. Uh, they've been leveraged to unprecedented levels over the last two years with people getting loans up to 150% of the car's value. Uh, being a big problem for us? Yeah, I mean, Nick, up until two years or so ago, I mean, car loans, you know, you could get at the most 80 or 90 percent of the car's value. Now, in the last two years, people have been getting quite a bit over 100 uh, percent. When you drove a, a new car off the lot, all of a sudden, for the first time in our lives, Nick, the car was suddenly worth, lo and behold, more than before it was sold. And uh, people have been taking advantage of this. And uh, combined with low interest rates, we have a it's sort of a subprime, so to speak, a bubble in the used car loan market and uh, now that interest rates are starting to go up and used car values are starting finally to moderate I mean, we're going to have a catastrophe in the market for used car loans i mean some of these banks are trying to uh, put these cars up for auctions and they're you know they might be a thirty thousand dollar car that has a forty thousand dollar loan on it and at auction it might get only you know twenty eight or so thousand dollars and the banks aren't uh, going to let go of them. So you're now seeing them pile up on huge lots in Las Vegas, tens and tens of thousands of used cars that are remaining unsold. And at some point, 
Nick, pretty soon the dam is going to break, and uh, this is going to make for an interesting situation in the used car market. Okay, Anton Woolman always has all of the stuff on autonomous cars, on the financing, on the business side, and of course on uh, Elon Musk and his businesses. You can listen to this show and many more videos are available at ourautoexpert.com 24-7. We'll be back again next week, and you can read all of Anton's stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. Until next week. Listen to previous episodes of the show. Watch automotive videos and get the latest inside automotive info at ourautoexpert.com.